Even after a down day in the U.S. market, the Taiwan Stock Exchange soared to a new high on Tuesday to end above 15,000 points. Chipmaker TSMC also hit a new record as its closing price of 542 NT. The market's recent weaning streak has turned around for the fortunes of the national labor funds, which support retirement. Last November, the funds earned an average dividend of 9,182 NT per worker, which will be credited to accounts as early as March. The TIEX extended its record-setting rally on Tuesday. After opening up at 14,913, it rose 98 points, led by TSMC and Honghai, to finish above the 15,000 mark on turnover of 347.1 billion NT. TSMC's closing price of 542 NT was another record high for the firm. Honghai ended the day above 100 NT in its best showing since November 2017. The TIEX keeps etching new highs and the labor funds have been richer for it. According to the latest figures from the Bureau of Labor Funds, it made a tremendous profit of 240 billion NT last November, representing a yield of 4.62%. It's a dramatic reversal for the labor funds, which were operating at a loss. In a single month, there has been an increase of 143.1 billion NT for retirement accounts under the new labor pension system. Going by Taiwan's workforce of 11.77 million people, the average dividend per worker is 9,182 NT. The payout will be credited to retirement accounts as early as March. But will the TIEX's good fortunes continue? Analysts say it depends on foreign investors. Foreign investors sold 360 billion NT last March, but domestic investors still had a fair bit of confidence in Taiwan stocks. In November and December, there was a substantial increase of nearly 200 billion NT of investment. Overall, foreign capital flight went down from 700 billion NT or so to just 540 billion NT, which is a very good development. With the return of foreign capital and the faith of domestic investors, Taiwan stocks are on a hot streak. Records show that the January TIEX has risen some 70 percent over the past decade. For investors, it means there's still plenty of upside left in the weeks ahead. After the deterioration of Beijing's relationship with international media, Taiwan has seen an influx of new foreign reporters. In 2020, 34 foreign journalists moved to Taiwan. Media experts say that Taiwan's press freedom makes it an attractive alternative to the increasingly hostile media environment in China. Australia is, of course, a strong supporter of media freedom. In 2020, Beijing cracked down on visas for foreign reporters. When an Australian reporter and his family were told they were banned from leaving the country, widespread unease broke out throughout foreign media in China. Taiwan's foreign minister, Joseph Wu, tweeted a warm welcome to journalists being chased out of China, and that welcome has been enthusiastically taken up, with Taiwan welcoming an influx of reporters. Paris, I'm sure, was a factor, um, but I, I think the, the uh, visa issue uh, forced their hand. I mean, there was, you know, really had no choice but to move to Taipei. Perhaps they could have moved to other countries in the region, but uh, Taiwan was certainly the most prominent Chinese-speaking country close to China that uh, would allow for the continued reporting on uh, Chinese affairs and uh, affairs in the entire Chinese-speaking world. 
Figures show that last year, 34 new foreign reporters took up residence in Taiwan, bringing the total to 124 across 71 companies. Government support seems to be working. In 2020, Taiwan once more won the highest grade in the annual Freedom in the Press Awards, judged by U.S. Democratic advocacy group Freedom House. China received the lowest rating, zero. Many media outlets have switched their Chinese language base from China to Taiwan. But uh, there haven't yet been uh, a full um, removal, uh, removal of an entire bureau to Taipei. There have been uh, several um, high-profile journalists uh, who are working in China, um, like of the, of the Wall Street Journal and, and the Washington Post, who have moved to uh, Taipei. The foreign ministry is delighted to see more international media outlets choosing Taiwan as a base for the reporters. We will continue to maintain good working relationships with foreign media organizations to increase the global visibility of Taiwan. The growth of international news media in Taiwan represents an achievement in terms of freedom of the press, but also a win for its handling of the pandemic and a harbinger of Beijing's worsening international relations. The KMT has launched phase two of its signature drive for an anti-rectopamine referendum. After passing the first threshold last month, the party's goal is now to get 500,000 signatures by March 21st so that a vote on allowing rectopamine can be held in August. On Tuesday, a DPP lawmaker accused the KMT of exploiting the pork issue to gain points with the electorate. <laughs> The KMT's second stage referendum campaign is underway. It's all hands on deck, and this weekend, a national signature drive will roll out at street corners and traditional markets. The party's goal is to reach 500,000 signatures by March 21st to put U.S. pork to a public vote on August 28th. Our lawmakers will go down to the countryside. Our movie star Sherry and Jimmy over here will invite them to come along. They are two Taiwanese pigs, haha. <laughs> Every legislator in our party caucus will be responsible for collecting at least 1,000 signatures. If this anti-ractoport referendum passes, then within two years the government will have to ban the import of ractopork. From the halls of legislature to public streets, the KMT has relocated the site of its battle over pork containing ractopamine. The party caucus has ordered each lawmaker to collect at least 1,000 signatures for the campaign. Meanwhile, over at the border, not a single shipment of U.S. pork containing ractopamine has arrived so far. Many importers have pledged never to bring in the product. When a referendum is reduced to being a political party's electoral weapon, or when it is reduced to being a tool for creating social opposition or attacking the ruling party, such a referendum loses the spirit that drove its original creation. The ruling party lawmaker charged the KMT with using the referendum as an election tool and using scare tactics to manipulate the public. Due to the coronavirus, Taiwan is seeing its mildest flu season in history. Officials said on Tuesday that there's only been one severe case of influenza since the start of flu season last October. That's the fewest number of cases in any season on record. This single case involved a 77-year-old woman in northern Taiwan who was admitted to a hospital at the end of December. The Taiwan CDC says... Flu activity is down this season due to COVID precautions like hand washing and mask wearing. 
public willingness to receive a flu vaccine has also been high due to the pandemic. The Taiwan CDC says free flu shots are still available in the government's inoculation program. Five bus lines across Taiwan launched mobile payment for fares on Tuesday. A fleet of buses has been equipped with phone scanners that allow payment using Easy Wallet, Line Pay, and iCash Pay. The transport ministry says the trial will run for half a year before expanding. Forget coins and easy cards. A quick swipe of your phone will do the trick. First, you'll have to download an app for EasyWallet, LinePay or iCash Pay. Some riders say it's a major convenience, an upgrade to the smart card payment system that's already used on 12,000 buses nationwide. Every year, around 1.13 billion rides, or about 91% of the total, are paid for using smart cards like EasyCard. But for some riders, including many seniors, these newer payment methods are more hassle than they're worth. We're going to trial this for half a year. In the future, we will offer subsidies for road transport operators to install the new ticketing machines. During the trial period, five bus lines will offer these three forms of mobile payment. Fares will have discounts. Mobile payment will be trialed for half a year on five bus lines around Taiwan. They are two routes between Taipei and Jilong, the Kending Express, and two city bus routes in Guguan, Taichung. If things go smoothly, mobile payment will expand to other lines. Officials say the upgrade will give a boost to both the transport sector and to mobile payment developers. Dicarbon is a green chemical made up of two carbons. It's still largely a mystery to chemists because it normally exists as a gas detectable at extremely high temperatures in certain conditions like on comets or blue flame. In a world first, Taiwan researchers have found a way to stabilize dicarbon by binding it to a single molecule called a ligand. The stabilized dicarbon can exist as condensed matter at room temperature, allowing it to be used in a lab. The discovery opens up possibilities for new exploratory studies on the nature of this elusive chemical. The Academia Sinica has found a way to stabilize C2 molecules at an ambient temperature. Dicarbon is typically known as a gas. Due to its high reactivity, it's been difficult to isolate as a solid or a liquid. Uh, pretty much you uh, use a very normal term, is basically we use a Sort of like you think about C2 is a very negative, very reactive. So we actually uh, design a clothing uh, that uh, we uh, put in uh, the C2 so that they are more stable. And when they are stable, we can actually uh, investigate and uh, to examine the, the chemical reactivity or their structure property of the C2. Yeah. Academia Sinica researchers found a straightforward way to stabilize the elusive chemical. In a world first, they found they could stabilize it by binding it to a single custom-made ligand. Developed over two years, this ligand is made of two imidazolidin, two imminato groups. We can claim that uh, our, our lab are the first lab that use uh, one ligand or monoligand to stabilize the dicarbon, very reactive dicarbon at the normal uh, temperature and previously uh, some lab attempt to uh, 
stabilize this dicarbon, but they use two ligand or more ligand to stabilize that. Uh, once if you put more ligand or two more or two li- two or more ligand on the dicarbon, uh, pretty much you uh, the property of the dicarbon disappear. Researchers say the discovery could lead to unprecedented research projects on dicarbon. In the future, it could even support the development of new materials for semiconductor application. Because some of the people they use a carbon-based material to use for semiconductor, and also the carbon is the same group of metal, same group of element as a silicon. So it may provide some sort of new material for the semiconductor application, but it still is far too long to the real application. Researchers hope that their stable C2 molecule will open up new doors for future applications and provide methods for researchers to stabilize other reactive materials. Their research was recently published in the international journal Nature Chemistry. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong in Taipei. A new drone operator's test center has opened in Taidong County's Luye Township. Previously, local drone operators had to go all the way to Yilan or Pingdong for a test. Officials hope that being able to get certified locally will help unleash the local drone industry, which is making inroads into fishing and agriculture, as well as driving growth in tourism and leisure. Test takers grip their controls tightly, staring intently at the drone in the sky. A moment's distraction could send it veering off course. Since the test center at Luye opened, Taidong's drone fans can take the test in their own backyard. In Taidong, we use these professionally for fishing, so we have to take a technical test. You need to pass this test to fly a drone. Taidong County government estimates that over 1,000 people have already used the drones professionally here, for laying bait to catch fish, to spraying pesticides or taking aerial footage. A hotel in Luye worked with officials to set up the test center, combining drone industry facilities with tourism. Apart from applications in agriculture, disaster prevention and fishing, drones can come into leisure and tourism projects. There is really quite a wide range of applications. We don't charge test takers at all, but as it's run in conjunction with the hotel, we allow tourists to take a test during a holiday, thus killing two birds with one stone. Taidong County provides a number of drone operators training courses for different purposes. They hope opening a local test center will encourage more growth in the sector. A new coffee brand has been launched by the National Museum of History. The museum has collaborated with a hotel chain to launch the grown-in Taiwan beans. But why is a museum getting into the brewing business? Well, once you glance at the packaging and you'll see exactly why. A delightful aroma as fresh coffee beans are ground. The National Museum of History has paired with a hotel group to produce this new Taiwanese coffee brand. On the packaging, classic works by the watercolor painter Ma Bai Shui depict Taroko National Park. We have confidence in the global image rights market. The global market for artistic works rights is about 200 billion NT, and the Taiwan market is worth about 18 billion NT. So this is a special collaboration with the National Museum of History, and we hope this product embodies the spirit of Taiwan. The ink and watercolor paintings on the packaging are the classic The Beauty of Taroko Gorge series by Ma, one of Taiwan's most famous color ink works. 
In 2016, they were officially recognized as significant antiquities, and now they can grace your kitchen. Ma Bai Shui is a made in Taiwan watercolor master. This incredible piece, The Beauty of Taroko Gorge, was painted for an exhibition at the National Museum of History when he was in his 90s. I think this is the most important work, the pinnacle of his entire painting career. Today, we can exhibit it through this premium coffee. Of course, we want to bring the pinnacle of Ma Bai Shui's work together with a pinnacle of coffee. The museum hopes that while consumers sip the finest coffee Taiwan has to offer, they'll also allow themselves a moment to sit back and admire the country's scenery through the eyes of one of its greatest artists. They'll also allow themselves a moment to sit back and admire the country's scenery through the eyes of one of its greatest artists. Lunar New Year is just around the corner. Where will, be, where will you be celebrating? If you're the type who usually goes abroad for the big night, you might have turned to one of Taiwan's luxury hotels this year. Most of the big names have already sold out of restaurant seats for the holiday season, but some are still offering takeaway delicacies you can enjoy with your family at home. A garnish of crab paste on giant shrimp. This hotel is offering Lunar New Year delicacies that can be eaten in or taken out. A holiday overseas is off the cards this year, and with many business people back in the country from abroad, it looks set to be a busy season for top hotels. The five-star Regent Taipei was all booked up six months ago. The Grand Hyatt's eight restaurants and banquet halls will be packed out on Lunar New Year's Eve and the next two days. And there's no space left at the Sheraton Grand or Courtyard by Marriott Taipei. There are very many consumers who can't go abroad for the new year because of the pandemic. So this year, sales for our Lunar New Year dinner were fantastic. Some of our restaurants were completely sold out more than six months ago. Many consumers were unable to get tickets. So, for example, our buffet restaurant now has a waiting list with almost 200 people on it. We were all sold out before the end of December. To guests who didn't get a ticket, I say, don't worry. We have an early bird discount on our takeaway Lunar New Year dinner. It looks like hotels are feeling confident about the Lunar New Year 2021, with even takeaways booming for those who didn't book a spot in advance.